Hello, we are back by Let's Talk Edition, and we are joined by Dan, as always. Hey there, Dan. How are you? Hey there, man, buddy. How's it going? Love the intro. Life is great. Oh, thank you. Fabulous, and glad to be here with you for yet another great Let's Talk Edition. Lovely, lovely. That's that's pretty good. So we are in the new year. I mean, not when we are recording, but when this is published. And Happy New Year to you all. Uh, Happy you... New Year. Yeah, yeah. And and I really can't wait for the... Uh, What's going to transpire in 2019? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be lovely. I'm pretty sure that we're going to make it lovely. Um, so today, however, we are talking about how to use both the emotional and logical hemispheres of your brain. Well, we have two sides to our brain. We have an emotional animal in there and we have a logical animal in there. And we want to optimize on using our emotions and, and um, a logical part of ourself. And so, first of all, can you explain what is happening there? What do we talk about when we say emotional and, you know, uh, logical sides of our brains? Well, as we all know, the brain has two major hemispheres, the left, which is the logical brain, and the right, which is the emotional brain. Now, we call them logical and emotional, but it's not just about logic and emotion, because technically speaking, there are a lot of faculties that are used using each hemisphere. And uh, if you access a certain part of your basically mind, then, of course, this will allow you to be able to do certain things that the other side cannot. And ultimately, in order, from my perspective, uh, there are, of course, some certain people who are much better with their left brain and they tend to think uh, basically a lot more logically. And there are those who somehow are predominantly, you know, right brain, and they tend to use their emotional side very much. However, the two sides aren't just about emotions. We call them emotional and logical, but there's a lot more to it than that. For example, the left brain, in addition to just uh, being responsible for logical stuff, it is also responsible for a lot of numerical processes. Like if you are good at math, I mean, you, for example... Uh, Pujix, you're an, you're an astrophysicist, so you're damn good at math and physics and all these things, which means you use your basically left hemisphere a lot when you're working. Other than that, right. of course, the left brain is used for a lot of other things, such as uh, thinking uh, and creating strategies for yourself. Like if you're planning uh, your business or you're writing down your goals or if you're trying to you know be strategic, you are tapping into the power of the left brain. Other than that, uh, when it comes to any forms of analysis, what did I do? Did I say the right thing? Did I, could I have done this differently? These are all processed by the left brain. And trying to understand any amount of reasons or reasonings, finding some uh, roots of the things, these are all the things we use for uh, the left brain. And of course, the left brain is generally very realistic. It doesn't like to imagine a lot of things. It likes to see things as they are. Now, on the other hand, we have the right brain. Now, in addition to, you know, being the emotional brain and experiencing all the emotions there, we also use this part of our brain for a lot of other cool things, such as creativity. For example, you use your right brain to come up with creative ideas and to think of a lot of things. When you're, for example, engaged in creative writing, for example, or you're painting or trying to compose music, whenever you're trying to enjoy the music itself, the rhythm, the melody, all that music is being processed on the right brain. Any type of desire that you have in life, any type of yearning, any type of deep and, uh, for example, uh, sometimes hard to resist uh, desires, all are rooted in the right brain. The very sensations that you have, the very desires that you have about life, meaning of life, these are all things that exist on the right brain. So this is not just emotion versus logic. It really is about 
how you express your different needs using different parts of your brain, which are basically in two major parts, the left, the logical hemisphere, and the right, the emotional hemisphere. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's very interesting. I actually uh, heard about this whole thing, but I never uh, looked into it. So I'm really interested to learn today uh, from you. So, okay, so um, you mentioned that we ought to basically strike a balance and get to optimize using both sides of our brains. And well, that, that sort of makes sense because not all the uh, you know interactions that we have to our day-to-day -day life are merely logical nor are emotional most often than not probably all the time it's a combination of both sometimes the one is dominant and the other is not um, however it's always a sort of a you know combination of both it could be 90 10 it could be 50 50 now the question is the conflict here is to me that usually it seems that people either behave emotionally or behave realistically, logically, whatever you want to call it. So how is the, how does this, so is this some sort of lack of experience from people, lack of skill that they are either or, or is this something that we can develop or is this uh, just natural and there's no other way around it? Well, first of all, let me just explain that no one ever acts fully logically. It is impossible for the human brain to use only one side that is only thinks logically and makes decisions logically, right? Even people who experience very little emotion, even these people use their emotions to make all of their decisions. Those who are logical, however, they aren't logical because they are not capable of experiencing the emotions and they make that decision just very logically. Those are just the people who can control that emotion. So when you're saying this guy is logical, it doesn't mean that he or she doesn't experience any emotions or doesn't make decisions with emotions. It means that he uses the power of logic to convince himself to make the better decision because that will then give him better emotions than he would have made otherwise if he, for example, had gone for the first option. So the idea of making, I remember once I had a seminar and I was asking the audience, who in this class thinks they're logical? And a lot of people raise their hand, of course, like, well, of course, I'm very logical. And I said, bullshit, you're all lying to yourselves. And of course, some of them actually got pretty upset at first. But then I explained to them why that's the case. And that's because everything we do is because of emotions. It is impossible to make decisions for the sake, because we're not machines. We're not robots, okay? Every decision that we make, think of the, you know, the, the, I don't know if you know somebody who is probably super cold and has no emotions at all. Even that guy has emotions, and even that guy makes his decisions with his emotions. However, he tends to express those emotions differently. So the idea of using your uh, left and right brain at the same time does not imply that you have to just sometimes switch off the emotions and be logical, and then this whole thing doesn't just work for the most part. What it really means is how can we combine and use these two hemispheres together in order to make optimal decisions that improve the quality of your emotional life. For example, let's say that you have uh, some, let's say some weight problem, right? You want to lose weight and you know that you're fat and you don't like it. You're losing your self-esteem because you're too goddamn fat. And at the same time, you see that hot piece of chocolate. Oh my gosh, it's just so amazing. And you say, dude, I, I just told myself not to have that, ch no chocolate tonight. Now you're saying, well, you're being so logical. This is not logic. This is discipline. And discipline itself 
is a is an emotional process that says, listen, there's no doubt that I love the chocolate and I will get a tremendous amount of pleasure from eating that chocolate. That's a that's very, so much pleasure. At the same time, I really want to be fit. So tell me, emotional brain, again, the logical brain asks the questions. Tell me, emotional brain, do you love chocolate? The emotional brain says, of course I do. Then says, so emotional brain, do you love to be fit and have a six packs and be freaking cool? The brain says, of course. At this time, then the logical brain asks the right question. So emotional brain, right hemisphere. Which one do you think gives you better emotions and gives them to you for a longer period of time? The chocolate or being fit and having a six pack, for example. And the emotional brain says, of course, because if I have a six pack, I feel very good about myself. But if I eat a chocolate, it's going to be only fun for a couple of minutes. Again, you see what's happening here. Basically, what I'm saying, using both of your hemispheres, what I'm really saying is you let the logical brain guide the emotional brain towards the right emotions because you can never, ever make decisions without emotions. Every decision, the very fact that you and I are right now talking and recording this podcast, our listeners are listening to it. The drivers, the Uber drivers now are carrying the passengers to their destinations. The pilots are in the air. The economy is booming. Whatever it is, this is all because of emotions, dude. This is not because of logic. People never take any action for the sake of doing that thing. They're always trying to get something out of it. And that thing is always emotions. People don't want to get rich. People, they want to experience the emotions that come with wealth. Things like freedom. Things like control. Things like love that they get by spending that money on the people they care about. People don't want to lose weight because they want to lose weight. They want to feel the emotions of feeling sexy and loved and attracted to the members of the opposite gender. So whatever we do, you yourself, you don't want to be an astrophysicist because you think it's cool. You want to be an astrophysicist because you want to realize your true potential. And the idea of being an astrophysicist gives you good emotions, or at least it gives you better emotions than the field of computer science, which I know was your first field or something probably. So right. it's all about emotions. You see, whatever we do, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we walk, the way the things we do, are we an entrepreneur or are we, for example, working for somebody else? Do you, do you want to retire early or do you want to work until late? These are all based upon what we consider emotionally pleasing and every decision we make. So let's go back to my seminar. When, when all of my students raised their hand, yes, I'm very logical. And of course, they were saying bullshit. Why? Because the very fact that they are saying I am very logical is an emotional thing. Because they want to feel good about themselves. Because people associate good emotions with being logical because they think if, if I'm emotional, I make bad decisions. If I'm logical, I make good decisions. And that good decisions makes them feel good. So it's all about emotions. And because of this, I'm not a fan of being oh, all logical because I know it's bullshit and it's never real. It never happens. So instead, I don't want people to be logical in their decision makings. I want them to use their logic to guide their emotions towards superior decisions. And that's exactly what's uh, basically using both your hemispheres all about. Because you can never dominate emotions with logic. Because emotion is energy in motion. Your very life is because of emotions. If your emotional circuit goes out, you will die or you will experience tremendous pain. Think of all the psychiatric patients right now. 
they're most of whom are very intelligent. They have a great logical and, uh, you know, uh, basically reasonable abilities to be able to think properly, but they're almost dead and they want to commit suicide, right? So ultimately, emotion is the real force of life. And a happy, I mean, we're saying happiness, we're saying success a lot. We use, I mean, our podcast, we talk a lot about the future. Why do we care about the future? Because we want to be able to create a good future. Why? Because that gives us what? Good emotions. So because of this, I'm not a fan of, oh, I'm not emotional. I'm a fan of using logic to experience and direct the right emotions towards experiences, activities, and behaviors that will allow you to continue to experience even better emotions in the future. Okay, so yeah, that's that's a very good clarification, and I think I understand what you mean. However, I have to uh, make a tiny bit of correction in what I meant. I suppose I do agree with you that I mean, if if you're if you're a biological human being, you are bound by your, your emotion. That's not necessarily a bad thing, as you mentioned. However, one what question: I, Do we have an unbiological human being as well? Well, we might. Well, not yet, but we might. <laughs> there, very there is sweet. actually that Sophia who's wait for uh, now, singularity. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, so so that's what I meant. Uh, basically, the the point is, if you're a human being, you're a biological human being at this point in history, probably, um, and then it means that yes, you're uh, you have emotions. Uh, even if you're not, it doesn't necessarily. Even if you're uh, some being, or even human being that is not biological, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have emotions. Those can also be programmed. So anyways, back to our, so what I meant, however, by emotional and logical was exactly the differentiation you made. Sometimes you make decisions or people do make decisions purely on the basis of, um, you know, the momentary the emotional feeling that they have like that chocolate that you mentioned. Or sometimes they are actually overly aggressively logical, meaning they deny every single emotional um, desire or need they have uh, for presumably something that is uh, more logical or something. I don't have a good example in mind, but basically this uh, the, the idea is that, my, my point is that sometimes you can actually overkill, like, not even care about being fit. It's just the chocolate is bad and you shouldn't eat chocolate. Not again, not because of another emotional motive, but just because chocolate is bad. And that's, I mean, there, sometimes there's a purpose and that's fine, but sometimes there isn't. And you can see sometimes people being annoyed by those logical people. Or again, by logical, I mean people who, I don't know if, if you want to say, pretend to be logical or be, be trying to dominate their emotional side. Maybe that's driven by emotion too. Can you elaborate on that? Well, obviously, every little decision that you make, it's rooted and founded upon emotions. This is one of the first lessons I learned when I began, uh, you know, my sales training at the age of 17. And uh, what we learn in sales is that all customers, all clients make their decisions emotionally, and then they justify that decision using logic. And this is, of course, both good and also very dangerous at the same time. Why is that? Because if you make your decisions logically, which you can't, obviously, and you think you're being logical when you're not, this could lead to some very serious problems down the line. For example, think of the person who doesn't know that he makes decisions emotionally and then uses logic. For example, why did I buy that? Well, because that was very important and necessary. Oh, that's right. So I, I made the right decision. And this person will then continue this 
pushing behavior and this buying habit that might lead to his or her bankruptcy. Because of this, I really believe that you first want to be cognizant of the fact that we all make our decisions emotionally and then use logic to justify and rationalize it. So instead of that, I have a different solution for this. First of all, no one acknowledge that this happens. No one acknowledges that you are an emotional being just like me, just like Pujic, just like anybody out there, and that you are going to make all of your decisions emotionally. But instead of trying to then rationalize it using your logic, why not lead the logic ahead and let logic help you make better decisions using your emotions? So because of this, uh, I'm a fan of asking the right questions. I think the way you can actually control and guide the right brain with the help of the left brain is by the kind of questions you ask yourself. They will allow you to experience life very different. That's the, I think the, the ultimate definition of using both hemispheres is controlling the questions you ask yourself. For example, let's say you ask yourself, why is it that I cannot make it in business? And then your brain, like a computer, will look for all the answers and then will make you feel demotivated, upset, hate business, and you quit it right away. What if you ask yourself, what do you think are some of my biggest strengths that I can use in the field of business and entrepreneurship? Now the brain will look for very different answers and you experience very different emotions. You don't feel like a loser, you feel like a winner. So because of this, anytime you have bad emotional feelings, let's say, for example, just right now your boyfriend dumped you or your girlfriend dumped you, right? What do most people just say about this? Why me? Why now? All girls, why all girls are bitches and all guys are assholes? These kind of questions only make you feel lousier. But instead, what about using your logic when you're dumped and ask the right questions? So, buddy, why do you think you got dumped? Or, hey, girl, why do you think your boyfriend just left you? And then the brain thinks, well, because that guy or that girl is just such a terrible person. That's, of course, the first answer, but it doesn't give you good emotions. But then the logical brain continues. All right, so let's assume that that person is a terrible person. What else could be the reason why this happened? What else? What else? And eventually your brain thinks, maybe because I did this, perhaps I was too needy, perhaps I did not consider how, how, how her emotions are being hurt by my behavior, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, the same brain that was crying like a little baby now becomes a scientist. And guess what? You start experiencing much better emotions, the feelings of pride and confidence and ability. Dude, I know what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, your entire emotion changes. So the same breakup that might have even led to that person's suicide now becomes a great learning lesson with the help of the logical brain and allows the person to experience much better emotions. I mean, you yourself, Pujas, what kind of emotions would you feel if you undergo a tremendous loss? and then learn some tremendous, valuably, highly valuable lessons from that experience? How would you feel if you left like, dude, I learned so many great lessons from that failure? How would you feel? Oh, obviously. I mean, that's that's one of the one of the good things. I, I mean, I think every single loss that you have, major loss that you have, if you actually do get past it, is by learning something. Um, and, and, and it's amazing because you're a better person for it. And um, like you talk about breakups or even uh, losing a, a family or friend, 
Um, well, losing family or friends is a different story, but for a breakup, you almost want to thank that person in the sense that, okay, you made me understand something bad about myself because, well, exactly. Yeah. And this makes you feel what good or bad. Oh, of course. Good. Amazing. Not even good. Perfect. That's exactly what I mean by combining the two. Some people say, no, no, you have to be just very logical. It's very terrible to use your emotions to make decisions. Bullshit. We all use all of our emotions all the time when it comes to making all of our decisions. So you can't stop the emotions. Don't stop the emotions. Start controlling and directing the emotions by asking good questions from your emotional brain. And this, from my perspective, is the very core and essence of using both hemispheres to live a far better life. Extraordinary. And one thing that I um, I want to actually pinpoint here, and that was you mentioning uh, writing the, uh, sorry, asking the right questions. And I cannot, like, beyond even this realm, I cannot emphasize this more enough. I, As you know, I do uh, teach high school kids, especially with math and physics. And recently I had one student that uh, she was struggling with some questions. She went through her uh, test review, and then she brought me some questions when I uh, went to their place. And then uh, she was like, oh, yeah, these are the questions that I couldn't get my hands on. And I never explained how to do it to her. What I did, I was like, okay, so what is this question asking? And then she was like this. And I was like, okay, what do you do then? So I basically, as you mentioned, asked her questions, but not just any question, the right question. And that was what I explained to her. I was like, you knew all along how you how you should solve it. It was not I impart some new wisdom to you. No, you already knew that. All I wow. did, I asked the right questions, and it leads you to you know extract the answers that you already have. But you just had to match the two, so you had to ask the right question. So I couldn't agree with you more. Most often than not, it's not about the answer. It's answer is there, or you know it, or it's it's it, it's very easily achievable. The, pro, the 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 difficulty is asking the right question. What is the right question? I couldn't agree with you more in solving your mathematical problems, and as you mentioned, probably and obviously in solving your life problems, making choices and exactly. all that. Extraordinary. Absolutely. It's actually quite. I've never thought about it this way. It's it's very interesting. And um, it, it, now I understand what you mean by combining the two. I always thought, okay, there's a, sometimes you should use this and sometimes you should use that. That was a good you point. Can't. It's you impossible. Can't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I all the brain scans show that we are, I mean, in the past, I remember once uh, there was, there, there's a great theory that says uh, we only use 2% of our brain. That's complete false. We don't use 2% of our brains. We are using all of our brain all the time. We only realize 2% of our brain's potential because the brain is always active and we are using both hemispheres all the time. The key is, can you guide it? I mean, we have this amazing brain with so much potential. And unfortunately, we are not born with an instruction manual for our brain. So hopefully we're going to wait for Singularity to give us some brain instruction manual too. But for now, we don't have it. And because of this, we need to understand that there are certain ways that your brain functions better. And the way to do so is to ask the right questions because we have no physical access to our brain. We can't touch or press a part of the brain. This could be done in a laboratory, by the way, where you, for example, I mean, if you remember the book uh, Homo Dios, there are now some helmets right. that are pressed on people's uh, basically skull and it sends certain electrical signals to certain parts of the brain and that allows a person to like hyperfocus or something. This was mentioned in detail 
in one of the chapters of Homo Deus. And of course, it's going to be used in the future as we approach singularity. And we literally, so by then, we won't have to worry about any of these things, which is literally, it's like, I'm depressed. Like they literally put that helmet on your, on your head and they send signals to some part of your brain and your depression literally disappears in a second. But now the only way we have access to is not via the hardware because we have no control over the hardware, which is the brain. We can only approach through the software and that is through the input and the output that we put into the system. The kind of questions that we ask. Of course, these are the topics that are discussed in detail in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, uh, because you literally program your brain using the software, which is the thinking, without any access to the hardware. Although we can manipulate the hardware that is the brain itself through things such as state management, tonality, physical activity, health, vibrancy, but generally you want to also control the software. So using both hemispheres really is becoming the programmer for your brain and asking the right questions with the right inputs that instead of just giving you errors, which comes in the form of negativity and bad emotions, they actually execute the, uh, you know, the program and they get your results. Fantastic. Now the question becomes, uh, I have this, again, I mentioned that writing, uh, asking the right question is super important and people constantly um, ask me, okay, then yeah, I understand that. Fair enough. That's, that's good. Now I see it. But how do I know what is a good question? And I want you to elaborate on that within the context of what we're talking about. You see, a good question is the kind of question that allows you to first experience positive emotions or at least avoid negative emotions. Now, negative emotions are proven to cause the majority of our health problems. They suppress the immune system. They cause massive stress. They uh, cause trouble for your sleeping. And more importantly, they're just not fun. I mean, let's be honest, it's not fun to be depressed for fucking two months, right? It's not fun. So the first element of asking good questions, question, is the kind of question that allows you to feel good emotions or at least avoid bad emotions. Because let's be honest, if you makes you feel lousy, then you won't even have the energy to find the answer, let alone take action. So that's the first criteria. Now, I should mention one thing. It's about genders. So ladies prefer, I mean, all the psychological research has proven that ladies prefer to experience what we call a range of emotions. So for women, they need to experience negative emotions at least a little bit just to somehow jolt their emotional system. Whereas for men, that is not necessary. We don't need a lot of bad emotions. What we do need is uh, positive emotions and good emotions. So that, that's the first element. Second element of a good question is the kind of question that leads to you finding a solution. If you ask yourself why all women are such, for example, blah, 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 whatever it is. This is not an effective question. Not answer, but like because they're just the way they are, right? However, if you ask yourself, what can I do to improve the quality of my... Now, that's a far better question because you can actually find a solution for it. The third element of a good question to ask yourself are the questions that lead to you taking action. So a why question isn't as effective as a how or what question. So why this happened is very good because you find a reason. But how can I make sure this doesn't happen again is a far more effective question. And an even more effective question is, what, are, what is the exact step-by-step -step plan or strategy that I can implement so that this does not happen again? 
You see, so the questions that lead to you actually getting some solutions that allow you to take action that at the same time make you feel good emotions and empowered are what I call effective questions. So, and, and think of, for example, uh, you just, uh, let's say you lost your uh, partner or perhaps you just went back with a business or whatever it is. What do most people often ask themselves, right? Why this happened to me? Why all the time me? What's the problem? Oh, why all these business people are so such, 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 and such. Ultimately, they feel lousy. They can't find a solution. But if you ask the kind of questions that says, well, first of all, how much more experience do you feel as a result of failing in your first business after putting all your savings in it? Well, I feel very experienced. Boom. Good emotions. Interesting. And uh, do you feel kind of like you're very, very uh, courageous and cool for having even tried to run your own business? Oh, yes. I'm, I, dude, I got guts, man. Good emotions. Interesting. Do you agree that you are part of the minority of the people who actually run their own business, especially at a young age, maybe like 10, 15 percent of the population? How does it make you feel to be a part of the minority and part of the elite? <laughs> Boom. Well, you see, this person has just lost all of his savings in running a business that did not work and generate any profit. But by asking just these simple three questions, he's already feeling like a fucking superhero. And then he continues. All right, very well. So given the fact that you're such a cool guy for having even dared to start your own business, let me ask you another question. What do you think was something that you did right? Again, most people just ask the question, what did I do wrong? No, first start with what you did right, because this gives you the good emotions. Well, I actually took the first step to run my business. I did, uh, I did try to actually contact my friends to see if they can actually join me. So he talks about all the things that he did right. Boom, good emotions. Interesting. Now, given the fact that you've done a lot of things right, what are some things that you perhaps did wrong, but learned a lot of great lessons from? Well, I did this and this and boom. You see, these kind of questions so far that I've asked, don't you agree that they all cause you to feel good emotions? Oh, you're asking me, actually. Okay, yeah. That's right. Don't you agree <laughs> that they all cause yeah. you to feel good emotions? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly what I'm talking about, you see? And this is the art. It's not just a science. It's also an art of asking these kind of questions that allow you to feel good emotions. Once you do all of these things, of course, life gets a lot better. That's extraordinary. Uh, it, it it's a different perspective, definitely. I never thought about it this way. It's uh, and and this, these are really good. And I and I again, I cannot emphasize enough how writing. I keep saying writing, asking the right question, is important, and because it leads to the right solution to the to these. Well, there's no the solution, perhaps, but to the good solution. Um, by the way, buddy, you said writing. Uh, what happened? I heard you're also working on the early stages of writing your own book about reality. Right. Yeah. Well, that that's going actually pretty well. It's a it's a very extensive uh, research based book. So I'm like heavily deep in in research, and because I have my university and work and all that, it's not going as fast as I would love for it to go. But I knew that going in, so I'm not disappointed. It's going slow, but it's going very interestingly so far. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have more updates while I have, uh, and uh, I'm gonna hope hope to, uh, you know, uh, give some updates while we're. Uh, having our episodes in terms of some of the concepts, which which is going to be interesting. 
Yeah. Fantastic. M- maybe that's why I think I'm thinking of writing. <laughs> I keep saying uh, right. Exactly. Your mind is busy all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I guess that's all. Because of generally what, when you, what you, whatever your mind is busy with, you tend to put that word in everything you do because your mind has True. a focus. This is also part of NLP. The vocabulary that you use shows the content of your mind. For example, whenever you think of like uh, Donald Trump, he always uses words like tremendous, great, and all those things. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Because that vocabulary shows that he does think of himself as God's gift to humanity, right? So the content of your thought will determine what kind of words you use on a regular basis. So, buddy, good luck writing that book. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I guess I'm a little engaged that way. So that's good. <laughs> all right. So we're coming to the end of the show. Do you want to give any uh, anything we didn't talk about, I didn't ask about, I'm, I'm missing, or just a final conclusion? Fortunately, all the major questions were asked. But as we already talked about, the key to using both your emotional as well as logical brain Ultimately, as you mentioned earlier, is about the kind of questions that you ask yourself. If, if you ever thought of yourself as somebody super logical, get over yourself. Please stop deluding yourself. And the sooner you accept the fact that you're an emotional being, just like your daughter, just like your mother, just like your grandma, the moment you stop acting all so cool, K-O-O-L, please start accepting yourself as a human being. Know that all humans are emotional. Everything you do is because of the emotions. And lack of emotions oftentimes means the end of life. That's when you start committing suicide, do crazy stuff. So we need emotions. Life is emotion. So the key is, do you want to experience good emotions or bad emotions? And if you want to experience good emotions, then you've got to involve the left logical brain by a variety of things, by asking the right questions, by using the logical brain for strategic thinking, by goal setting, trying to analyze your feedback and failures and learn from them and try to know what the target is. Do not let the logical brain make the decisions because you will be disappointed. You simply can't. The logical brain is linked mainly to your conscious mind, whereas the the emotional brain And the right hemisphere is linked mainly to your subconscious mind. And as we know, the subconscious mind is always stronger than the conscious mind. And most of your achievements is indeed because of your subconscious mind as well as your emotions. So instead of trying to avoid your emotions, try to control them and direct them with the help of right questions, with the help of goal setting, with the help of knowing the targets, with the help of having deadlines. And all of these things are going to direct the attention towards the kind of emotions you want to experience in order to achieve the best results possible for you. Now, that is a good recipe for the new year to achieve some success for our Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thank you for uh, for joining us again and for this awesome It is awesome my pleasure, chat. buddy. Yep. And uh, I hope you have a good start to your new year, all of you, and see you, you on too, the next buddy. show. Cheers.